Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about you are only three habits away from getting to your goal weight. I know this sounds strange, but what you need to do when it comes to weight loss is you need to make it less overwhelming. And if you're thinking you need to, let's say for example, not eat every night for the rest of your life, it feels overwhelming. But when you realize that eating at night, snacking at night is one behavior habit, then you can change one thing. Okay, so you need to break down all the habits into just one habit, all right? So when I say you're three habits away from living your goal weight, what I mean is there's probably three of them. There's probably eating at night, uh, overeating at dinner, snacking in the afternoon, uh, eating too much at lunch, right? Those are probably four, the four most common ones, right? And you probably have two of them they are showing up. And then there's one habit that's keeping you most tired. Maybe you go to bed too late, right? So if you got rid of the two worst eating habits you have and you were able to fix the worst habit you have that makes you most tired, what's going to happen over a year, right? What would happen if you magically, your evening snacking disappeared for a year? What do you think would happen to your weight? What do you think would happen if you stopped overeating at dinner? What would happen if you stopped snacking in the afternoon on candy? Right. So that's how you have to start thinking, because, again, if you think for the rest of your life, you have to stop eating at night, it feels so overwhelming. But it really is just one behavior. It's one habit pattern. And once you learn to change that habit pattern so that the nighttime comes and you don't eat, you just do what you do. And that's just the normal, natural thing for you. Then you have changed your weight for good. I hope this makes sense, right? Because this is the opposite of how you're typically thinking. You're thinking each and every day I'm going to have to struggle and fight against every habit. No, those habits probably weren't even there your whole life, most likely. And so what we need to do is we need to recognize, and it feels good too, right? To know that you're probably, you're only a couple habits away, but you're not looking at it as a habit. You're looking at it as just forever behavior. And so once you understand it's a habit, the fun part is to start breaking it down. Because this habit that's keeping you overweight is, it's running consistently, right? It's not different habits. You're not, if you're a nighttime snacker, you're not nighttime snacking with those foods in the morning. You're not spontaneously snacking on them in the afternoon, right? It's running in a very specific pattern that it's eight o'clock at night or between eight and nine o'clock. You're sitting on the sofa, you're watching TV, you're eating the same things, you're eating them in the exact same way. You know, it's very, very specific. It's a literal pattern. And so once you start to understand that, then we can go to work on changing that pattern. And if you can just change, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, if we can change again, just three of your worst ones, you have dramatically changed your weight. That's all you need to do. Now it's a little harder than I'm saying. I don't want to make, again, I don't want to make it sound like it's the easiest thing on the planet, but it's easier than what you're doing. Right? So you think I just got to be perfect with all of my eating, all of my eating, uh, starting tomorrow until I reach my goal weight. That boy is anything more overwhelming than that. So when we break it down to three habits, what we can do is we can start with the worst habit and just start making headway on that. Come up with strategies to deal with that habit. And after a couple weeks, couple months, you've got it down. Now you move on to the next one. That's a smart strategic approach to mastering your weight. Not trying to change everything all at once. You know, that don't work. So again, I want you to really internalize this, that truly you're probably only three habits away from living at your goal weight or very close to it. Okay, so keep that in mind. And if you understand how to go deeper into this process, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you and watch the training, three steps to master your weight. Okay, because it's easier than you think it's going to be. And um, if you're not a, a, a social media right now, listen to this, you're on podcast, you go to program yourself then and get the free hypnosis session I give you because it'll take you through this entire process.
All right, so I hope that helps you out. Um, let's see if anyone has questions, feel free to ask them. What's up, Karen? How's it going? Jody, how you doing? Love this topic. It makes it not so overwhelming when starting out. Yeah, exactly, right? Boy, no one overwhelms themselves more than dieters, right? So yeah, it definitely helps doing that. Uh, Willow, get off the counter. You have cult leader eyes. <laughs> Should I take that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> What's that? What I don't know what you're referring to. Um, probably the, the cult leader eyes. Right, that's a funny one. I've never heard that one. <laughs> Is that good? Are we thinking that's good or bad? Like a charismatic eyes that, that people uh, can't help but but listen to me. Then I guess that's okay because I got good intentions. So I'm not I'm not trying to lead a cult, a bad cult. I guess I'm trying to lead a good cult. <laughs> uh, you look strong. Thank you. I like that, Don. I'll take that one. Uh, it's so funny. I love the comments on comments on social media are some of the funniest stuffs on the planet. I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I am trying to lead a cult, right? A cult of, well, you know, what's funny about that. I will tell you, this is a true story, right? Um, and I'll, I'll actually, I'll, there you go. Someone just said, can you tell us a little about your weight journey? I will. And this kind of goes, this, and it just interceded with it when I was, um, it, it was been, been about 30 years. I dropped 50 pounds, you know? And so, um, when <laughs> for me growing up, yeah, it was two things, right? There was one. I had, I had a stepbrother and I had my, my family it was a kind of Greek. I, I was raised in the Greek family and then my stepbrother who just loved fast food. And so that was the, a bad combination. Um, cause Greek in the Greek culture, everything's food. Everything is food. And my dad loved food. Um, he was just known as an eater and my brother just loved McDonald's and Coca-Cola and fast food. I mean, he just loved it. He was like a cheerleader for it. And, um, that's where I was raised. And so as I started changing how I ate my health, all that stuff, I always talk about this because you always think people are going to support you. And especially for me, my father died when he was 54 of a heart attack. Okay. I was nine years old. So you'd think when I'm 19 and I start making some of these changes, there would be a lot of support for that. Not so much. Not so much. Um, and my brother, specifically, I remember him looking. This was a couple of years later, but I started, I was working on like a first website, you know, right, right from the beginning of it. I was trying to help people with this. And he's like, what are you starting a cult? <laughs> So, uh, it's so funny that you say that, but, um, and I always thought that was funny too, you know, but cause it's weird, right? You think like, Oh, you're going to be healthier. Everyone's going to support you. No, 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 not, not true. Not true. Um, people take it kind of personally sometimes when you start making changes, uh, you know, to how you're living and how you're eating, you know, they, they take it like you're attacking them almost, but, um, anyways, that's funny. So yeah, but my weight journey, you know, it's, I will tell you the big shifting point, and this is a true story that, when I, I took a semester off from school and I was at a, a pretty dark point for me. I was 50 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking. Um, I was pretty depressed and feeling lost. And I took a semester off from school. And this is where the universe just smiled on me. This is true. Um, within about a month of time, I was exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, personal development, yoga, meditation, guitar, martial arts, all of these things, I swear to you, within about a month, two months, and um, it was just like life changing for me. I, I really grabbed onto it. Just it really resonated with me. And um, that's what really allowed me to begin this path that I'm on. Now, neurolinguistic programming is one of the things I am, that I use with people. Right? So I'm a, I'm a master trainer and all that stuff. Um, but NLP is really the science of role modeling. And so when I learned that, I would find people that had lost weight and kept it off and I would speak with them. 
and not just to find out what they did, like, oh, how are you eating, how are you exercising, but how do you think, right? What led the, what led you, to, you know, on this path? How did you think about things? How do you stay motivated? How do you do this? And that, that was the biggest difference for me. And that's why I sit here in front of you now as really someone who believes that your mindset is the number one thing affecting your weight you know, more than literally anything else, more than your genetics, your hormones, your insulin resistance, your menopause, any of those things. I think it's always your mindset. And, you know, for me growing up, there was always people that were overweight that would be telling you how to lose weight, but it was always diets. And, and to bring that point home, this is true too. There was a family friend of mine. The guy who I learned the most about diets from was a 400 pound comedian. And he was a family friend. He spent the last 20 years of his life in a wheelchair because he never succeeded with the weight loss. But this guy, every other week, it was a new diet. And he spent a lot of money on diets. And he would sit, he would talk for hours about, oh, this does this and this and this. And he would explain it all to me, but he could never get himself to do it long term. And um, so it wasn't until I began speaking with people that, because again, NLP says, find the people getting the results you want and do what they do. You'll figure out what they're doing. Not just what they're doing externally, behaviorally, but what are they doing inside their head? How are they thinking about things? And that, again, was the big, it was, it was like night and day instantly, instantly. When I began speaking with these people and looking at the deeper thought patterns they had, it was clear as day what the problem was with me, the people I knew, and what was different about them. And that's what really, that was the beginning of Program Yourself Thin. Um, Program Yourself Thin is really built on the shoulders of these people that had successfully lost weight and kept it off. And this is something re people rarely do. This is a weird thing about humans anyways, but like if you think about who you're looking to lose weight from, it's probably other people that are struggling with their weight or people that are like, um, you know, superstar athletes practically, right? I always joke, I got a webinar I did one time and I got like a picture of me at the beach. I'm thin, but I'm not like, I'm not, I don't work out. Like 30 years of being the same way, I, I haven't dieted and I haven't worked out in any considerable way. So I don't have a, I'm not Brad Pitt over here. I'm not, I'm not like jacked up. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm thin, I'm healthy, but I'm not like, you know, th these guys, I, I'll tell you one guy, I don't know if you know him, um, Sean, I think his name's Sean T, but um, he does like beach body. He did an insanity workout and he's awesome. I'm a huge fan. I did insanity for a month or whatever. My knees were killing me by the end of it. I had to stop, but um, he's awesome. He's great. But I mean, this guy, his whole life is working out. And I would say if you want to lose weight uh, and you're 50 pounds overweight and you've been struggling with your weight for 10, 20, 30 years, uh, don't learn from people that are like jacked up with 5% body fat. <laughs> like you ain't them. I'm not them. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the weirdest thing. Again, we, we want to look like that in some weird way, but we're not that person most likely. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's what my, my webinar is like. You learn from someone like me, you know what I mean? Who I've just learned, I've taken the easiest path possible. I really, how do I want to master my weight? I'm going to do the laziest way possible for me. I'm going to change how I eat. You know, I'm not going to work out like a mad person. But anyways, that's a little bit of it. Um, pain, RML, what did I say? Let me get on these here. Um, enjoying cake and pizza tonight, guilt-free. Thank you for all you do. Getting the most enjoyment. Oh, look at you. That's awesome. That's so great. I love to hear that, you know? Um, I know I, we were talking about that yesterday. We did a coaching call yesterday and, um, we went into that because I was saying like program yourself, then it's probably the only program on the planet where you're going to lose weight by asking and answering the question, how can I get the most pleasure possible out of food? <laughs> right. But imagine if you started your weight loss journey with that question and you had an answer for it, how can you get the most pleasure out of food possible? That sounds weird, right? Cause I know intuitively you're thinking, well, to get the most pleasure, I'll just eat it all. I can't, that, I can't do that, Jim. But is that true? 
Is that the most pleasure you get out of food? Because I'll do you one better. Couldn't the most pleasure you get out of food be when you ate whatever you wanted to at your goal weight? Wouldn't that be the most pleasure you could possibly get when you could actually eat the food you like completely and totally guilt-free? You know what I mean? Like that's what I want you to aim at. And um, I think once you have that answer and you really internalize and understand that, you're on a new path. You're on the path of weight, weight mastery. So good job, Painter ML. That, that's a great, I'm happy for you. Uh, Karen says, lost another seven from COVID. Now afraid of gaining it back. You need to talk some sense into me. Okay, okay, Karen. I actually, I, this is another, I did a call yesterday and we were talking the same thing. This person had been sick for two weeks, hasn't been eating, lost a bunch of weight. And so what I said to them and what I'll say to you is, you, first of all, you got to understand you're going to put some weight on now. And that's totally normal and natural, okay? Um, because you had this unusual thing happen where your eating went way down unnaturally, okay? And so your eating's gonna come back, your appetite's gonna come back, and you're gonna eat more, and you're gonna put more weight on. In a way, it's almost like a forced water fast in a sense. And so, you know, you just, you have to look at it with eyes open. You cannot sit here and then be like, oh, I just wanna maintain this weight, because what you're gonna do is you're gonna start self-restricting at too high a level, and then you start blowing the, the your whole foundation out that you've built up, okay? So I think you go into it and you accept, I'm gonna put some weight on, you know? But if I lost seven pounds, maybe I'll put four or five pounds on, but I'm gonna keep the other two off. So now it is also though, on the flip side, it's an opportunity for you to really clean up your eating because you haven't been eating for a couple of days. So I wouldn't try and, like the way you've been eating for during COVID when you were feeling that way and your taste and all the rest of it's messed up, you're not gonna continue to eat that way. However, it is, you kind of have a bit of a, more of a blank slate now too. And so whatever some of the bigger challenges were before COVID now work on keeping those out of it. So for example, let's just say you got COVID and I just had COVID. So one of the things that fell away is, is sugar because I was linking up the whole time. See, this is what I can do. I'm a hypnotist. So I can do what I want to do. Um, I can, when I start getting COVID and I start feeling shitty, I started associating it to the sugar I'd been eating. I'd been eating more sugar that before COVID. And so I just decided to link them together. Uh, eating the sugar r reduced my immune system and got me, you know, helped me get COVID and make me feel shitty. Is that true or not? I don't know. I don't give a shit. You know, I just want to influence myself, you know? And so, um, but anyway, so, so then I got the COVID and I guess I was, and I, I didn't want to eat really much. But it was, everything was kind of weird. Um, I like to eat kind of bland carbs, but sugar kind of fed away naturally. And so I allowed that to happen. So now when I, my appetite starts coming back, everything's coming back. I'm not trying to eat less like I was, but I am using it as an opportunity to cut the sugar out because I, I had cut the sugar out. So that's something I want to maintain, but I'm not going to try and just not eat anything like I was when I had COVID. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Um, so I'm glad you asked that question. And if you want to talk about it more, we can. Um, User 6795 says, it's all mindset, but it's challenging to put the mindset active. How to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're right about that. And I think it starts by understanding what a mindset is. I think most people use the word mindset as a buzzword. I find this with lifestyle and, and mindset. I, I feel a lot of times now are used, but no one really describes what it is. I find a lot of times with mindset, really what they're doing is they're using mindset as a synonym for willpower. Right, like you gotta have the right mindset. Come on, man, you gotta have the right mindset. Well, what's that mean? Uh, it, no, I, I can't just magically just have this will. All of a sudden, just magically have this mindset. What do you mean by mindset? Oh, you just gotta, you gotta think the right things. You gotta want it. Well, that doesn't mean shit. Okay, so it's funny. I was just re-recording. Um, I'm so excited, everyone in the program. I'm re-recording the weight mastery blueprint and the redo rehearsal technique. And um, 
one of the things I was saying is, so the Weight Mastery Blueprints, there's mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, eating blueprint. I was doing the mindset one. So when I talk about mindset, I'm talking about six specific things. And I don't think you're going to find this very often. To be honest, I don't know who else does this. I made these up myself. Even Carol Dweck, the, the queen of mindset, it was talking about fixed and growth mindset. And it's like, okay, well, how do I create that? You know, is this kind of, she's always describing things. I love her. I think it's great. But it's like, I'm all about practical, usable information. And so when I say mindset, what I mean specifically is I mean your ability to motivate yourself. Do you know how to motivate yourself? We know the answer to that. But anyways, you, you, there's a science of motivation. So once you know how to motivate yourself, obviously you can imagine it becomes a lot easier to master your weight. Motivation. Uh, self-image, okay, how you think about yourself. You all have a self-image, you have an identity of how you think about yourself. I believe that your weight is a physical projection of your mental self, how you think about yourself. So we got motivation, self-image, and we got habits. Your weight is a reflection of your habits, right? You just run these habits on autopilot and there is a neuroscience to habits. You probably don't know what it is and you're just winging it with willpower trying to force your behavior, but weight loss comes a lot easier when you're strategically manipulating and influencing your habits so that you have the habits that keep you at your goal weight. Then we move on to emotions. Do you think emotions might have something to do with your weight? Do you think? <laughs> right? I say this all the time. It's like, ugh, it's, it's so much with weight loss. It's fascinating. The psych psychology is so fascinating because you can be conditioned to literally be blind to something that's right in front of you. And that's what's happening to you a lot with weight loss because you have a diet or mindset. You're missing the most obvious shit. And emotions is one of them. Why do you think you eat well or not eat well? Do you think it's based on what knowledge you have about nutrition? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It has to do with what mood you're in. Same you in a different mood has completely different behaviors. When you're focused and motivated and energized and feeling good, you're more likely to make better food choices. When you're in a really bad, depressed, angry mood, you go, I don't give a shit what I eat. Is that not the core problem you have with your weight? That you get in a bad mood and you can't influence your behaviors because you don't give a shit? I mean, is this not the thing you keep struggling with? You know what to do. You can't get yourself to do it. So being able to manage your emotions, to feel the emotions you want in your life, to deal with the emotions you don't want to feel with is really important. Right? Because we've been conditioned to use food as our main emotional management strategy. And that's probably what you're doing. So you can't just stop eating the food because it's serving a purpose emotionally. So we got to get to the core and, and you need to learn how to manage your emotions genuinely without food. So we got motivation, self-image, habits, emotions, thinking. How to think like a thin and healthy person. You ain't know how to think like a thin and healthy person. You got an overweight mindset and you got a diet mindset. And you diet yourself down to your goal weight sometimes and you still get the same problem. You can't keep dieting, so you can't be a diet mindset. And all you know is how to think like an overweight person. You never learn how to think like a thin and healthy person. Do you think that would be helpful? <laughs> I do. And then we have maintenance. Maintenance. Folks, you've got to master maintenance starting on day one. This shit that you're not going to pay attention to maintenance until you get to your goal weight? Are you crazy? Do you really, you're just so cocky that you're just going to get from day one to day two, week one to week two, month one to month two, that you don't need to think about maintenance right from the beginning? <laughs> what? What? It's weird. Most people can't get two, three days into a diet. You know what I mean? So, so you may want to understand how to maintain, have a maintenance mindset right from the beginning. How are you going to deal with stress? How do you even think about weight loss? So that's my mindset definitely. There's six of those we go through in the program, you know? And the beauty of the blueprints now is I, again, I've been doing the group coaching program I've been doing for a year and I've learned 
as much as I've taught probably. And so it's fun to go back and redo the program. It's just easier now. It's just simpler. Um, it used to be a 60 page workbook and now it's like a 15 page workbook. It's just faster. And it's just, the, it's the most important stuff. And it's exciting for me to be able to do that. Um, cause I'm always learning, you know, like that's the other thing too. I'm not going to sit here. I'm always growing. I, that's why I'm always coaching. You know, I'll always coach cause it's my clients that are always helping me, you know, iterate and progress and improve and evolve the program, you know, make it better and better. So anyways, that's the starting point is you understand these six categories of mindset and you develop them. And so that's part of it. And there's like, how do I implement that mindset? And that's the key part of programming yourself then, um, which really we call the redo rehearsal technique, but it's basically a self-hypnosis technique you use to change your mindset. You know, just like you'd go to the gym and do a workout to build up physical muscles. You need to have a process that you can rely on to build up mental muscles, to build up literal neural pathways, neural networks of becoming the person you want to be. And you have no strategy for that. You have no process for that. And that's what program yourself then is. It's a simple one, two minute self-hypnosis technique you use at night that you use to program your subconscious mind to have the thin set of a thin and healthy person and to have the, the mindset and the behaviors of a thin and healthy person so that they run on autopilot. That's the key thing too, right? It's very important. I'm bare, I feel like if I lived alone, it'd be easy. I could control what food is in the house. Yeah, I get it, I'm Barrett, for sure. But listen, everyone's got their challenges. You know what I mean? We all have our challenges when it comes to our weight loss journey. So you identify the challenge. Okay, there's other people bringing these foods in. Um, you're most likely not always eating those foods. It's probably happening at night when you're at your weakest, perhaps. And so you want to identify the, the worst habit is, oh, I'm eating these foods at night. And if those foods were in the house, I wouldn't eat them. Okay, fair enough, but they are in the house. So how do you want to respond to that? You see? So I get it. It would be easier. Listen, all of us would have an easier time if we could control reality. That, you know what I mean? But we got things we got to deal with. And so you need to create, you know, the, the mental behavioral muscles to deal with that challenge. Okay? And it is unfair. It is hard. No doubt about it. So we acknowledge it. And then we start looking, looking and working on a solution to that. Okay? And it can become easier when you do that because you, you've identified the problem, but now you need to identify the solution. Okay? So go to work on that. Um, What's up, Astrid? Hi, Jim. Sorry, I left early yesterday. That's okay. I'm sure you had a good reason for it. I know you would You stay. We went long yesterday, didn't we? We went kind of extra long. Um, where, where, we, in the program. So, hey, listen, everyone, if you're not yet, um, go to go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's called The New Thin Me. It's a weight loss kickstart session. It's about 10 minutes. You'll listen to it. And for the next couple of days, you'll make better food decisions just automatically. Okay, but more important than the hypnosis session is the training I give you three steps to master your weight. Watch that training. Okay, it'll give you it's about a half hour. It'll give you a new conceptual understanding of how to master your weight and it'll be helpful for you. If you want to lose weight, cut the shit with the diet. <laughs> like you don't know how to lose weight. Okay, you haven't learned how to lose weight. Knowing what to do is not the same as being able to do it. I always like to make the distinction. You have a lot of conceptual knowledge about weight loss. Right, you sit here and tell me about carbs and intermittent fasting and all this other bullshit, but you have very little behavioral knowledge, very little ability to actually do the things that you know you should. And the reason why is you never learned how to influence your behaviors, right? Every single weight loss attempt you've ever made is always one thing, which is here's the plan, here's the workout, 
here's what to eat, here's what to do. And then it's up to you to force yourself to do it. And you got one, one tool only, you got willpower. And so there's a way, 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 way better way to approach your weight, okay? And it's not dieting. You know that, right? I mean, Jesus. You know what I mean? Everyone can't be wrong. Dieting has like an 82 to 95% failure rate, right? It's, it's not just you. It, it's everyone because dieting is bullshit. Brenda says, I limited my portions... I limited my portions. It was hard at first. However, now I get fuller faster and cannot overeat. Yeah, that's great, Brenda. That's what I mean, folks. It's like, so the biggest mistake I think dieters make is that they they way overwhelm themselves. They try and do everything all at once, right? Because they're so impatient. And so they just, they just change everything all at once and expect it's going to last instead of slowly and systematically and strategically. That's what I always hear from my clients. That's probably like one of the top things I hear that they love the most about Program Yourself Then is it's practical it's slow it's not overwhelming it's unbelievable how much easier it is to master your weight when you don't overwhelm yourself see every time you first of all you're already depleted in in you're you're in a um a depleted state most likely are you not are you not stressed out are you not frustrated and and feeling exasperated with your weight and your ability to change it are you not right? So every time you're already in a depleted state and then what's your plan? Day one of the diet starts and you're hundred percent perfect. No more carbs, no sugar, no eating for 16 hours, 1200 calories, right? It's this way over correction. And so now you're in this constant state of stress when you think about your weight. And then the, the rare times you finally, okay, I'm going to do this plan. You way overwhelm yourself so much. You can't stick with it more than a couple days usually, you know? And so I always joke about this, but people are like, oh, I've struggled with consistency. Well, no shit. No shit. You know, again, to put it metaphorically, what I always like to use is if you never played the piano and you're like, oh, I want to play the piano. And if you approach playing the piano that you'd never played before the same way that you approached weight loss, you'd be like, okay, I got to practice 10 hours a day. Okay, well, that sounds great. Yeah, 10 hours a day, you're going to get good quick. Or are you? Or are you? Because after the first day, you wake up like this and you hate the piano. So are you going to keep playing 10 hours a day? Can you keep playing 10 hours a day? No. You play one 10-hour day and then you quit for the next year. And you know, I'm going to do it again in 10 hours. That's what you keep doing with the dieting. You know, you do it, you overwhelm yourself, then you're, you're gone for months, you know? That's why people are like, oh, I'm all or nothing, I'm all or nothing. Yeah, well, that's a shitty strategy. It doesn't make any sense because you're all for a couple days, a couple weeks, and you're nothing for a couple months, a couple years. <laughs> the problem there, right? I'd suggest you become all or something better strategy but great job brenda yeah so you start off and, and it's a little hard at first and you get used to it folks again and program yourself then we do the one percent better a day each day we get one percent better than we were yesterday and we slowly and systematically improve our skills and our abilities to control our weight i know it's such a weird what a weird what a weird thing so, it's weird because right? <laughs> everyone dieting weight loss it's like if i can't lose you know five pounds this week i don't want to do it i'm mean, it's not worth it you know, there's always that quote that people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. You know, and your obsession on fast weight loss is, has you chasing these extreme diets that you can't stick with. And this obsession with fast weight loss has you losing no weight. How much weight you lost this year? You know, like you gotta let that shit go. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you're welcome, Karen. I hope that helps you out. Bueller, I've learned so much from you. It's been months, but it's working. Yeah, that's great. 
it's, you know, but let's just change that last statement. It's been months and it's working. <laughs> right. Cause linguistically, but sometimes means we negate with the, the previous thing. Right. Um, it, it's been months and it's working. Holy shit. Right. Because that's what I'm trying to tell you. Cause th that's the hardest part. I know I'm joking a little bit. Like I know we're all trained to want fast weight loss and the idea of slow weight loss is just like, it's like someone unplugged us. It's like, oh, I know that's what I should do, but I don't feel any of it, you know? And so now that you're months into it, now's the beauty. That's the most beautiful part. I, that's my favorite part of working with people because they get a couple months in and they're down like say 10 pounds or so, you know, three months in they'll down, you know, eight, 10 pounds. And says, oh, eight, 10 pounds, three months. Ooh. Yeah, but they're doing it in a way that's easy. So listen up, motherfucker, because now they're going to go for another three, six months, 10 more months. They're going to get to their goal weight because the way they're doing it, it's been easy. See, like in your brain as a dieter, you can't even imagine going on for a year, two years, five years, 10 years. That doesn't even exist. Dieters think in terms of days, weeks, and months. Weight masters think in terms of years, decades, and forever. And so, yeah, when it's easy... Yeah, maybe it's a little slower, but it lasts forever. I always equate what I'm talking about to compound interest. Right? I was talking about this yesterday. Einstein said that the greatest force in the universe is compound interest. Now, I got a degree in finance and investments. And it's fascinating because this is there's so there's there's such a parallel between weight loss and money, anyways. But when it comes to compound interest, it's like physically, like emotionally, it's like I know, I know I should, but there's no real motivation. There's no excitement or, or oomph to want to put money in a compound interest because you're like, no, oh, it's going to take so long, you know? But if you do it, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's a way to make a lot of money, you know? And it's the same with the weight loss. It's like, you know, you should be more strategic. You know, you should slow down and, and focus on that, but there's no emotion behind it, you know? And part of this is evolutionary, right? It's called future discounting. We, if I say, I'll give you a hundred bucks now or 150 bucks in five years, you'll take the hundred bucks now. You know, and so, you know, again, we live in an uncertain world. We, we don't know about the future, you know, and so part of that's evolutionary and part of it is the diet marketing, which you've seen millions of diet ads in your life. Every single ad, the before and after picture and how long it takes to go from one so that you now have a shortened time frame in your mind. When you think about weight loss, you think in an unnaturally short time frame. And that is the thing that's keeping you trapped more than anything else. Um, I always say metaphorically, you're thinking about your weight loss like it's a sprint. And if you think about a sprint, um, like an actual race, a sprint, perfection is the only thing that you can do to win the race, right? You trip a little bit running a sprint, you've lost, right? You need to be absolutely perfect to win that race. And this subconsciously is how you're thinking about your weight loss, that you need to be absolutely perfect in order to succeed. So any little mistake you make feels catastrophic, you know? And so um, that time frame is a huge factor in why you, you ain't getting the results you want. But great job, Buell, okay? Great job. Now stick with it because now you're in the, the sweet spot. Now you keep going. And this is where the magical weight loss starts happening. You know, What do I do when I have binged on foods? So after you binge is one of the best times to really start mastering your weight. Okay, So binging is going to happen and bad food choices are going to happen. So it's not about avoiding them as much as it is learning from them. And so after you binged on food, I would suggest that you reflect on what, what just happened, okay? And there's usually two main causes of binging. The first one that's the biggest one is over-restricting. So usually what happens is the binge happens as a consequence of over-restricting. You're cutting your calories so low that you get yourself so hungry, so weak, your willpower disappears, and now as soon as you get in front of food, you're eating everything, okay? That's one of them. The other one that happens a lot of times, and it could happen in addition, 
is emotions, right? You got some emotional thing going on that's so big that you either don't want to deal with it, can't deal with it, and you're using the binge shame cycle, the overeating, to distract yourself from the emotions. Those are the two big ones to start with. But again, the point is you want to you want to deconstruct the binge because you don't want to binge. So what caused you to binge? You know what I mean? Like, like you're not binging all the time. It's happening in very specific situations. I, I always add, here's a question. It's kind of a fun question. It's an NLP question is um, if I was going to fill in for you, um, AVEC, AVEC, um, if I was going to fill in for you for a binge, how do I get myself to binge? What do I have to do? Right? So it's very interesting. We don't think about it that way because our behavior is subconscious, which is to say your behavior is very trance-like. You're not aware of it. You just kind of do what you do. And so we have to, if you're going to change your behaviors and your weight, you need to first create awareness about why you're doing what you're doing. So in Program Yourself, then we always say awareness precedes change. We want to understand what leads to the binge. There's a very specific thing going on that leads to the binge. And so once you understand those steps that are preceding the binge, you have more ability to strategically resolve it and fix it. So that'd be my suggestion. Uh, Jody says, Christmas wish list, your book and walking hypnosis session for exercising. You know what? I can do a session anyways. I'll do, I'll do one. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking about how I want to structure the walk yourself thin, uh, program. So if you have any ideas on that, Jody, let me know. Cause I know you watch that, that lady, the, the walking lady. So if, yeah, if you have any suggestions, just think about that and, um, let me know. Cause I'm, I've been thinking about that and I'm just curious about how I would structure it. Would it just be one session? Would it be a number of sessions? Um, let me know. I'm curious, but I'll get on that. Yeah. My, my goal is here today to get, I, like I said, I just did about almost all of the weight mastery for the mindset. And, uh, I'd like to get all that done today and then move on to the book next week. Cause I got the book kind of figured out too, but it's just doing it. Um, I slightly reduced my calories and focus on protein 13 pounds down. Yeah. Great job. That's always a good strategy. I would say, I mean, I'm not a fan of keto because, you know, so many diets have to take things to the extreme because they're always trying to sell the plan, you know. But the reason keto works primarily is because um, refined refined carbs, flour specifically, is one of the top sources. It's the top source of calories for American adults, right? So um, if your weight loss plan uh, has you cut down the top source of calories, you're probably going to lose weight. You know, you don't need to go into ketosis. But yeah, most Americans, if you reduce the refined carbs um, and you increase the protein, you, most most Americans are going to lose weight. But great job. 13 pounds down, super. And it sounds like you're doing it in a way that's kind of working for you. So super. Where to find the longer hypnosis sessions? Um, longer hypnosis sessions. Well, there's, if you log in, I send you, I got a 10 minute one for you. Um, my YouTube channel has a, has a few uh, up there. So you can find some long ones there, like an hour one. I, I've literally can, well, there's a weight loss one. It's an hour, a four hour, and maybe even an eight hour one. But if you go to Jim Katsoulis, my YouTube channel, I've got a bunch of uh, hypnosis sessions there that you can see. And then obviously if you join the program, um, there's a, a hypnosis library, 25 sessions, and then there's daily sessions. I mean, it's a total of like a hundred sessions. It's awesome. It's the best weight loss hypnosis program on the planet. There's no question, you know? So if you're all, uh, and I got a version now that doesn't include coaching. I think you should get the coaching if you can do it. 
Um, but even if you if you can't do the coaching, there's a version now without the coaching that's very affordable. And um, I think you'll find that is without question the best investment you'll make in your your weight because you, you learn, boy, what a program. I, I would say I over deliver on it. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that'll help you out. But the core stuff is you learn the program yourself then technique to one, two minute self-hypnosis technique you lose it, use at night to program your subconscious mind to become a thin, healthy person. There is 60 days, right? So eight weeks of daily hypnosis sessions I send right through your phone to you. So every morning you wake up, there's a five minute session. You listen to that five minute session in the morning, there's a weight loss mantra in it. Go about your day. It calms you down, relaxes you, and helps you think like a thin, healthy person. And then there's the Weight Mastery Blueprints, your mindset, lifestyle, eating blueprint that you create and follow in order to get to your goal weight and then live there. So that's kind of the, the strategy, strategy part of the, the program. Customized to you, though, which is always important. Ooh, walking session is a great idea. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah, the walk yourself then. I know. I just got to think of how to do it. Should I make multiple sessions? I feel like I should. Who wants to listen to one? That's a problem. I mean, one session, it gets kind of boring, right? Um, I'm Bear says, I'm Bear, is this, are you Amy? Is that Amy? Amy from back in the day? Let me know if it is. Um, 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 um. Because I only say that because I remember there was an Amy in the program and uh, she spelled her name like that, E-I-M-Y. And uh, I'd never seen that spelling before, but I thought it was pretty cool. Anyways, I adored clean e I adored clean keto, but did it for a long time, but I missed beer too much, put all the weight back on. Um, yeah, that's the problem with keto, folks. I mean, I would say that the greatest diet discovery that I've ever seen, and this is like, like they, they've well studied this, is that the stricter, more rigid the diet is, the less likely you're going to succeed with it. Not that it doesn't help you lose weight, but that you're not going to stick with it. You know? So again, what I always speak to is, is really, I think, if you get nothing else out of what I'm saying here, I would love that you change your goal, okay? From wanting to lose weight to wanting to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's a much more specific goal and it's much more accurate to what you want to achieve, okay? But you keep saying, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight. Just want to lose. You don't just want to lose weight. You've lost weight, right? So I, I'm bare. So I, I've lost weight and then I put it all back on. Are you happy you lost the weight or are you pissed that you put the weight back on? You see? So we have to take the focus off of just losing weight. Yeah, to put it another way, a lot of people think of like getting to their goal weight as the finish line. It's not. It's the starting line. How long you want to live at your goal weight? Well, forever. So start articulating the goal very specifically. Your subconscious mind's very literal. So you need to be specific. Your subconscious mind in some ways is like a computer. And with a computer, you need to be very specific when you're programming things in. You can't just be vague in general, right? You need to be very, very specific about what you want it to do. And it's the same with your subconscious mind. So there's a huge difference. I just want to lose weight versus I want to return to my goal weight and I want to live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot because that's what you actually want. But you're never saying that. And so you don't give your brain the opportunity to create the strategy to make that happen, okay? But yeah, I mean, it's just like everyone, the keto thing, I don't, I, luckily, I don't, I don't get people who want to argue about keto, but I love arguing about it because you know what you have to do? I'll tell you another thing that you really ought to do is gain the ability to recognize bullshit when you see it, when it comes to weight loss. And that's going to mean pretty much anything you see about weight loss is bullshit, <laughs> just to be honest, because everything's about fast results. And so you'll always see like, I lost 40 pounds in the last two months. And people just go like running over themselves, stampeding to find out how they did it, right? And it's like, who gives a shit? I don't give a shit how people lose weight in two months, three months. All I care, I don't want to even talk to someone until they've lost weight and kept it off for two years. 
That's the big difference between me and pretty much all the weight loss out there. Everyone's looking at how much weight you can lose in the next month or two. And I'm looking at how you can get to your goal weight and stay there for the rest of your life. We, we have two completely different, um, two completely different worlds, you know? And so who gives a shit about, you know, cause even like saying like I adored clean keto, did you adore it? Is adoring the right word? If, if you didn't, you know what I mean? If you missed beer, like I adore how I eat and live and I want to do it forever and I'm doing it now. Like I can genuinely say I adore how I eat and how I live my life. I love it. And I expect to live some version of this, but optimize because it just keeps getting better. I keep tweaking and optimizing and making it better. But I plan on, on living some version of this just optimized for the rest of my life. So I would, I would definitely, I would scratch that word adore because if you really adored it, why, why aren't you doing it? Oh, because I like beer. Well, then you didn't adore it. You know? Now, I'll tell you, though, maybe maybe we'll, we'll, we'll split the difference. And we'll say, okay, you adored clean, clean keto except for the beer part. But you know what I mean? And so, so do clean keto and then just drink beer. I know that your brain's like caving in on itself right now. You're like, blah, 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 what? Right? Because dieters are all or nothing, right? And so I suggest you become all or something. Right. But, but again, like, oh, if I'm gonna drink beer, then I'm not clean keto. And what's the point of, you know what I mean? It ain't the beer by the way. Cause I, I, I don't even know you. And I, I thought you might've been Amy, but now I'm thinking you're not. Um, but it wasn't the beer that put all the weight on. It's the fact that you started drinking beer and then all the other carbs came back. Right. Is that true? Let me know. I'm curious. Uh, where to join? How? Yeah. Carrie, go, um, go to my bio. You're on TikTok here. Go to my bio on TikTok and click the link and get the hypnosis session and then go watch, go watch the training. Oh, Emer. Um, yeah, go watch the training, Carrie. And then I, 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 you'll, you'll learn a lot there, but then in the end I talk about the program anyways, if you're interested in joining it, um, which you should be. <laughs> plus, plus I will say, um, if you join the coaching thing, now's the time to do it. Cause it's, it's the, the smallest group is right now. Cause it's December, right. And everyone's going to wait till January 1st. Um, so you kind of get extra attention. But the other thing is more importantly than that is I, I love, I'm always such a fan of people that start the program in December because you're sending your mind and your subconscious a different message, right? Please, you got to do things different, right? If you've been getting the results, you're not happy with you just, you got to change things up. And one of the best ways you can change things up is to not wait till January. And again, you know, so program yourself sends an all or something strategy. And so it's perfect for the holidays, you know, because if you're all or nothing during the holidays, you're going to be nothing during the holidays. Oh, I'm start January 1st. Oh my God. Cut the shit, man. How many years have you done that? Stop it. Just be all or something, you know, just stay somewhat on track and, and eat the holiday cookies. What? Both? Bu -bu 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 <laughs> right? It's like, you know what I mean? I love that stuff. You just feel your brain like like just caving in on itself, you know? Like when we start living in that gray area, you know, and it's not black and white. Um, Karen says, if you join the program, it will change your life. Best thing I did for myself. Yeah, Karen's killing it, right? Karen's killing it. And it's, uh again, because it's built. It's funny. I made a video that it's, I, I know people like this one, but I was saying like, what if you, instead of choosing a weight loss plan, based on the fastest results? What if you chose a weight loss plan based on the easiest plan? Like what's the easiest possible way you could lose weight? That's a question you never ask yourself, right? But what if you, what if you just like approached your weight loss and said, what's the easiest possible way I could lose some weight? 
instead of thinking, what's the fastest way I could lose weight? And what happens is now you've set yourself up for some real interesting things because yeah, the weight loss can be a little slower, but what the fuck? How much weight you lost this year? Cut the shit, man. Stop being so impatient. I could see you being impatient if you were getting results. I guess then you, then you could argue with me. But if you haven't lost any weight this year, if you haven't lost any weight this decade, then cut the shit with the fast weight loss and start focusing on easy weight loss. The next year is going to go by. Where are you going to be next year at this time? What, chasing the next plan? Oh, wondering, oh, maybe I'll just do Ozempic. Mm, I don't know, maybe I'll do keto. I'll try and do, oh, intermittent fast. I'm going to start January 1st. I'm going to do my keto thing. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? That's why you're feeling like you just feel like shit because you just keep cycling through the same dumb strategies you know don't work. It's, it's depressing. Anyways, but Karen's saying positive things. Programmers tell things positive. ought to be positive. Um, but Karen's right. Yeah. If you join the program, it'll change your life. Best thing I did for myself. I'm going to take a picture of that. I was like, uh, I get all these, I'm getting like too many testimonials now. I got to figure out, I was thinking to myself how to, how to, um, yeah. I embarrassed. No, nope, not a, I kind of figured that one out. Oh, okay. So my name, oh, Irish. All right. Uh, so it's I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Got you. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. So that would be an Irish sense of the beer. Yep. 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 <laughs> Uh, I love all the NLP stuff you speak about. Yeah, NLP. Irish people like NLP. You know, like I know Bandler's out there, and he'll do, um, he'll do like uh, he did a Scottish in, in Scotland. He did a, a seminar. So yeah, Irish people seem to like the NLP stuff. Um, same with English people. I think they they like language and things like that. So that makes sense. Um, Joey says maybe a couple fifteen minute sessions. Uh, I listen to you on repeat all the time. It cements the teaching. Yeah, for sure, of course, right. Um, listen to the podcast, listen to all this stuff, listen to hypnosis. Yeah, a couple 15-minute sessions. That's what I do. I think I'll make a couple. Um, that's what I'm going to do. I, I got a, I got an idea. Um, I will lose like five pounds in a week and then put on six pounds on weekends. It's like a loop. Um, yeah, but it's a loop. See, we deal with that. As a program yourself, then we use a 5-2 model, five days clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. Um, but what's happening for you is you're probably over-restricting too much during the week and then the weekend comes and you're over overdoing it, um, which isn't necessarily a problem because the way I would look at it is like, okay, well, you get the five pounds down in a week. So you get the week, again, just assuming you get the week part down good, where I would put my attention on is on the weekend. And I would my first goal is, okay, how can I only put three pounds on during the week? And, you know, so now I'm losing two pounds a week, you know? Um, so I wouldn't try and make the weekend perfect. I would try and make it better than it's been. Doesn't that feel better, you know? Um, but it's like a loop. I get it. That loop's common, but it's, it's more, there's more to it than that, I'm going to guess. If you're doing the 5-2 model, what I said would make a lot of sense, but I bet you're not doing that. I doubt, because it's really hard for someone to do, it's hard for the average person on the program to do, the week's great, the weekend's awful, I'm back on my week plan. Oh, here comes the weekend, I screwed up, I'm back on my week plan. It, it's very, people have a hard time doing that unless, you know, if you're in the program, we, we, we talk about how to do that. But the average person has a very difficult time doing that. So I don't know, L, if that's what you're saying. Are you consistently going five, the two days you're putting six pounds on, then you're going back to losing five, then six pounds. That's not happening week in and week out. I'm going to guess, but let me know. Um, and Mir says, yep, beer and all the carbs slipped right off keto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's an all or nothing thing. Right. And so the idea that the beer would just come back, but all the other carbs wouldn't come back is just like that. Not even a possibility. Right. Um, now, there is some physicality to that. Right. I mean, again, there is there is some of 
there's a little bit of an addiction type of thing, right? So it's like when we get off the carbs completely, when we get off the sugar, the cravings go down a bit, you know what I mean? And then we introduce it a little bit and the cravings go up. Um, but it's not an addiction like heroin or, or cocaine. It's, um, it's a food addiction. So we can manage it, but you need to have the ability to think in an all or something way um, to be more strategic with it. You know, but again, notice again, everyone with the diets are all or nothing and you're built to be that way, folks. These diets aren't there to help you lose weight. Okay. All the diets that you're referencing to lose weight subconsciously are all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins food products, Atkins was owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels and Cinnabon. Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. These companies aren't trying to get you to lose weight. They come up with this diet mentality of all or nothing because it's not sustainable. It's not long term and they love it. They get you coming and going um, and you do your keto, you give them your money and you, you do the keto for a little while. Then you fall off and you go right back to eating more food than you probably were eating before and um, you just stay stuck in this loop. You know, so... Yeah, diet's not the way to do it, folks. Not the way to do it. Kimmy Cat says, lost 50 pounds in three months. Eat healthy, walk, and drink H2O. So, okay, so Kimmy Cat, congratulations. However, <laughs> I was just talking about this, and I want to use this as an example because there's no faster way. I, I always joke about dieters that come up to me and say, well, I don't know if I could be hypnotized because, you know, the fastest way to hypnotize a dieter is to say, I lost, you want to know how to lose 50 pounds in a month? I actually do know a way. Do you want to know the secret to losing 50 pounds in one month? I don't like to talk about it. I'm not going to do it. You guys might, I don't want to do this. But um, I always joke with people like that. I haven't given me likes and hearts and stuff. And everyone goes, ah, tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah, I can't. You can't, but, um, just stop eating, you know, stop drinking. But so anyways, when we, when we hear dramatic weight loss, like 50 pounds in three months, which is pr a whole lot of weight loss, um, I would have to assume that there was more to it than eating healthy, walking, and drinking H2O. You know? Because um, what are we talking about? Let's, let's, uh, let's do a little math here. And I say this to you folks, again, Kimmy, I'm not saying, I don't want this to be something that people don't want to tell me their success stories because I love success stories, but I'm saying this more for the group um, to not be seduced by such dramatic results. Because let's just say 50 pounds divided by 12. So that's four pounds a week okay so four pounds a week is is about as dramatic as we're going to get okay and um so i'm going to assume there was more than just eating healthy walking and drinking water and so i'm not saying i don't believe it i'm saying that, it, that that's an outlier and what happens is people are like oh my god 50 pounds in three months and now your expectations of how much weight you're going to lose is, is influenced by that and uh i'm not saying it's impossible but uh, I am saying that it's an outlier. And so if you set your expectations to four pounds a week, I'm okay, I'm gonna start eating healthy. I'm gonna start walking a little bit. I'm gonna drink some water and I should start losing four pounds a week. Mm, no, you're not. And so you have to look at that comment and, and that, that person's result and you have to say, okay, that's them. And for me, I don't know what's gonna happen because everyone loses weight at different rates. But your expectations of what you're gonna lose are a huge, huge factor in how what your results are going to be because it's going to impact your motivation a lot. All right. Um, Astrid had to go. Yep. Have a nice weekend if you're still here, Astrid. Um, gotta want it. No gyms, just walking. <laughs> I don't know, Kimmy Cat. I, I'm going to call bullshit. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I hate to do this, but I don't believe it. And there's just, this is what I'm trying to say, folks. It's the internet. People can say whatever they want. 
in diet ads, they can say whatever they want. You know, they're up everyone's ass when it comes to like advertising and making false claims. Uh, weight loss somehow skims a lot of the things and people can write whatever they want to write. I lost 50 pounds in three months. All I did was walk and eat healthy. You just got to want it. I know Jim's, you just ate healthy. What did you do, Kimmy? How did you, how did you control the calories? What, what did you start eating specifically? What'd you cut out? Give us some more details here. Let's figure it out. I love learning from people. Again, three months, I'm not. I'm impressed. Good for you. Okay. But, um, again, I, I wouldn't really learn from you until it was next year at this time. Um, you know, but anyways, let, let, let me know what's going on. You know, um, would you consider protein pasta healthy? Uh, listen, I think that, um, I think that when you're looking at food and the health of it, there is relativity. Okay. So I like to look at food relatively, not absolutely. Right. Meaning, um, is protein pasta the healthiest thing you could eat? No. Is protein pasta healthier than regular pasta? Yeah. You see? So again, with the 1% improvement, we want to get a little bit better each and every day. Each and every day, we want to get a little bit better. And so if you go from regular pasta to protein pasta, great. You know what I mean? And then we go from protein pasta to less pasta, more vegetables in it. We make primavera. You know what I mean? Things like that. Um, I think that that's, that's the way to look at it. So if it's healthier than what you were eating, great. And we just keep moving along that path. Um, but, but is it healthy? Again, it's relative. It depends. Um, if you, if you used to, you you were eating salads, um, you know, with some, you know, protein in it, and then you start eating pasta, then I would say not, not as healthy. So you see what I'm saying? So everything's kind of relative to where you started from, where you're at with it. Um, 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 um. I guess if you start at a much higher weight, the amount you lose is small in proportion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It always starts where you start from, for sure, for sure. But keep that in mind, too, folks. You know what I mean? Like, I always say this, that <clears throat> one thing you realize very quickly, if you if you look up, like, weight studies where they put people in metabolic labs, is and, and they're controlling all the calories, right? They're control, controlling the calories in, controlling the calories out, and it's a group of people, and it might be a week, a month, a couple months. And what you'll notice is there's always a big variation in the weight lost. You know, so in the short term, how much weight we lose is almost always inconsistent and unpredictable. Okay. And so you may be someone who loses weight quickly or someone who loses weight slowly, you know, and it is what it is, but who gives a shit? Cause the goal should be, I'm going to do this one time, get to my goal weight and that's it. And so if it takes a year, if it takes two years, who cares? I'm going to do this process once and I'm going to get there and I'm going to stay there. Okay. Um, so that's, uh, it's important to keep that in mind. You know, but again, the expectations you go in, we're not all the same. That's why I can't stand these, these weight loss calculators. You know, they're just guesstimates. Everybody's different, you know? And so you can get a, an estimate of what you may, you know, the average person may lose, but then it sets your expectations. And so now if you go into it, I'm going to lose two pounds a week and you lose one pound. Now you feel like a failure, you know? So, so you've got to pay attention to the expectations you have. Cause a lot of times they're out of whack from just a lifetime of diet marketing. You know, um, Parsons says, I stopped looking at great weight loss videos or 100 pounds in whatever amount of time because of it. Yeah, I think that's smart, you know, because it's like you'll feel like shit. You got to watch that, too. There's a lot of ways to feel like shit. You know, you, you've got to start to develop some awareness for what motivates you and what demotivates you and adjust accordingly. So good job, Parsons. 
Um, Kimmy Cat says, not a lie, I did this. 700 calories a week, fish, lots of fish. Okay, okay. So here we go, though, folks, all right? Um, here we go. Thank you, Kimmy Cat. I appreciate it. Congratulations on what you've done. Um, but what, what, again, this is important. That's not just eating healthy, okay? That's not just walking. That's not just drinking water. That's a drastic, drastic, drastic reduction of calories that is probably going to be unsustainable. 700 calories is tremendously low. Okay. And the average person's not going to live on that. So again, um, you've did it. You know what I mean? You lost a lot of weight with it. It's an extreme thing to do. Okay. Um, by any definition. And so when people see 50 pounds in three months, they're not thinking you're not even internalizing what the hell 700 calories a day is. Okay. And even if it's just lots of fish, 700 calories of fish a day is about, uh, it's like, it's not very much fish. So you're, you're going to be very hungry eating 700 calories a day. I don't give a shit what you're eating. Fish, meat, beans, protein, popcorn, fruit, doesn't matter. Um, that's not much calories. And so that's a lot more than just eating healthy, walking, and drinking some water. Okay? That's a drastic, that, that, that's a, a starvation diet almost. You know, again, I'm not judging it. I'm not here to judge anything. I'm speaking to everyone else who sees, oh my God, 50 pounds in three months. I want to do that. I can walk and eat healthy and all the rest of it. And then you go do it and you lose a pound a week. And now you feel like shit though. Cause I, I thought I was gonna lose four pounds a week. You know, no, not unless you cut down to seven calories. And then the question right when you get to seven calories is how long am I going to be able to maintain this? And that's the big question for Gimme Cat. Okay. Doesn't matter if I don't focus on myself and make changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it, Parsons. I, I think that's so smart. Kimmy Cat says I have willpower. I wanted it. Um, 7,000 a week? No, nah, maybe 7,000 a week. Oh, seven, yeah, no, she said 700 a day. I have no need to lie for what? I don't believe you're lying. Um, what are you selling, LOL? Um, yeah, but, but okay, so, so Kim, I, I don't mean, I, again, I, I want this to be a supportive place, but I also want to educate us all about the, the common pitfalls of weight loss. And, and this is literally... I was literally just talking about this, right? So I don't think you were here, Kimmy Cat. I was literally just talking about when, when people online see some dramatic weight loss claim. Um, oh, 700 a week? 700 calories a week? Oh, 700 calories a week. Fish, lots of fish. That's not much fish, first of all. That's a little fish, little, little tiny amounts of fish. 700 calories a week? So you're eating 100 calories a day? Okay. Well now, now I'm going into, okay, now uh, here we go. I hope I'm, this is a thrill for me. I'm so glad we got to do this in real time. Um, Kimmy cat says, what are you selling? What are you selling? Kimmy cat fish. <laughs> are you a fish salesperson? One goldfish a day. Uh, that's a good one. One goldfish. Uh, come on. So, okay, listen, you know, I, again, I'm not here to bust people's balls, but I mean, you know what? This is what I'm saying. Like, this stuff drives me nuts because it's stuff like this. It's stuff that when you start getting in your head, um, <laughs> the big fish up in here. I know I'm going to get people, right? It's just a fish market. Um, you know, <laughs> She runs a fish market. Uh, imagine that diet. What are you, one fish a week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah one fish one one sardine a week i don't even know what how much uh, how much um how many ounces of like i don't know how many ounces of fish is 700 calories 
you get a sardine and you cut it up in seven pieces and you eat one piece a day. Um, but this is what I mean. This is what I mean. I'm so happy for this to have happened because we need to be able to see the bullshit. And this is bullshit. Okay. This is what I mean. But, but it comes off as like, oh, I lost 50 pounds in three months just by eating healthier, walking and drinking water. You just got to want it, folks. You got to have willpower and you got to want it. Okay. And so now what happens if you believe this, right? It's okay. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start drinking water. I'm going to have willpower. I want it, you know? And then you, you, <laughs> you do it and you lose a pound and then you feel like a failure. And then you got person. No, you got to want it more. You know, it's like, you know, you didn't know you're talking into the, the fish market, you know, to try to sell you fish. And you know what I mean? There's always someone trying to bullshit you, you know? And it's like, obviously 700, 700 calories a week is not even real. What are we doing? You know, just trolling. It's fine. But um, you have to see it as trolling and don't take it like serious. If you take it serious, you're going to be in trouble. Do you know what I mean? Because now all of a sudden you're thinking like, that's like the pinnacle of weight loss, you know? And I'd have more respect for you. So come and say, okay, we'll just water fast. And I've lost 50 pounds in three months. I've been water fasting for three months you know? Okay. You know, but, um, but this is what I'm saying. You've got to look at the full picture, folks. You can't just, someone says, oh, I lost 50 pounds in three months. You can't just get fall into the trance. Oh, tell me what to do. I'll do it. No, you got to zoom out and say, holy shit, that's a lot of weight. They must've done something extreme. That's what I went into it, right? Cause he said, oh, I ate healthy and I walk. Nah, I don't think so. What's the details, right? And then everything starts falling apart and it's not true. Most likely she is lying or they are lying. You know, that's not a true story. If it is a true story, they are literally eating one fish a week. Fine. They're not doing that for three months. They'd be in the hospital probably. Um, maybe you could do that for a month and then you can't sustain it. And then what's the point of that? You know, I see what people water fast for a month, lose weight, and they put it all back on, you know? So it's, um, what I'm trying to say is, is you've, you've got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. Cause as soon as you zoom out, you pull yourself out of trance. You say, wait, wait a second. That's a lot of weight. Hold on. You know, and then you look at it and you say, and it starts, you know, you, you start seeing things more accurately and that's a good thing. <laughs> Jim, what do you think about calorie counting generally? Um, I think a calorie counting as a good calibration tool, you know, now again, first of all, let me go on my, my main saying here, my, the, the rule of thumb with program yourself, then there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay. The only exception to that is I think you need to structure your reading. I, I've never seen anyone successfully lose weight long-term who didn't structure their reading. So that's the one thing I think you absolutely need to do. But short of that, I've seen everyone succeed with everything, you know? And so if you like calorie counting, if you're that type of person, um, then great calorie count. If you hate calorie counting, then I wouldn't do it. I would never build my weight loss strategy around something I hated to do. And it's funny, it's so like it's such an obvious thing when I say it out loud, but people do it all the time. I was doing a call with one of my favorite clients the other day, and um, she's like, she's like, I've been eating porridge, you know, in the morning and the breakfast. And I was like, Well, do you like it? And she's like, No, I hate it. She's like, I feel like I'm gonna gag every time. I was like, Well, then what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, we don't if we have to force ourselves to do something, it's probably the wrong thing. Now, again, there's a fine line between like sometimes we gotta okay, we gotta do something I don't really wanna do and I don't really like it, but it's not too bad. I'll get used to it. And like, oh, I hate this. If we hate it, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. So as far as calorie counting, most people I have found don't like it. They find it tedious. It's it's too micromanagey. Um and so in that case, I find for most people it's not the right answer, but I do think calorie counting is very valuable for like a week or two just to calibrate what you think you're eating with reality. 
Okay. And so I think in that way, it's really good just to kind of open your eyes to see what you typically eat. And so, you know, I calorie counted a little bit with what I was eating, but then I eat the same stuff. So I don't need to calorie count anymore. I eat the same stuff, breakfast, lunch, dinner, Monday through Friday, you know? And so um, I don't need to calorie count. I eat very systematically, very structured wise. So that, that's my kind of my thoughts on that. Um, maybe just to get an idea where you're starting at. Yeah, just like you said. Yep, exactly. Um, calorie deficit will zap your energy, not worth the weight loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now again, you know, so, but that, to that point, I would say, Lucy, we need to create a calorie deficit, okay? But what most people do with weight loss is they've got their average calorie consumption and their, their weight, right? So you're overweight right now and you've got the average calories you're consuming. And what they do is they say, I'm gonna go on a diet and they drastically cut the calories, 40, 50, 60%. Well, now that's really hard. And then they're going to bring up the maintenance. Me personally, I'd rather bring the calories down to maintenance. It's way easier. You don't get tired. You don't get super hungry. You don't get frustrated, all the rest of it. So again, I, I always suggest to people cut 10, 15%, 20% of the calories out. I keep it in that range um, so that it's not overwhelming. And that's up to you to figure out that that percentage is it kind of hits different for each person. But, but cut the calories down, you know, start at 10%. 20% and see how you feel. If you feel like shit, that's too much. You know what I mean? Bring it back up, you know? Um, yeah, Robin says, calorie count helped me get a grasp on what what equals what. Yeah, but now I just use for use on forgetting protein. Yeah, focus on oh, forgetting protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's smart. That, I think that's a great idea. But, and again, for me personally, like, like when I... Again, I think the calorie count is exactly that. A, I think it's important because we're very bad at estimating our calories. You know, we really are. And it's built that way. We're bad at it generally. And it's on top of that, we're conditioned to be bad at it. It's sneaky. And so I think calorie counting and understanding getting nu nu nutrition label labeled literate is really valuable. And so you start to understand because a lot of times you think you're eating well and you're not. You know what I mean? And there's nothing worse than that. That's such a shitty feeling. So once you recognize what you're reading, I think it, it opens your eyes and you can make better choices. You know, um, Parsons says, can you go into more detail as far as structured eating? Yeah, structured eating is, is really important. And so basically structuring your eating is just like it sounds. It's having structure to the eating. Um, and I could talk for hours about this because it, it, the program yourself, then we do a 5-2 eating structure. Um, which is just a philosophy, you know? So I always joke, like I started with like a one, six plan, one day of clean eating, six days of pleasure eating. Um, but it, but it evolves into five, two. And so the idea is that we want to start to plan out when we're going to eat, when we're going to eat it. Your reading is already structured folks. Okay. It's already structured. You're eating at the same times, you're eating the same foods week in and week out pretty much. I mean, there's obviously a little bit of variation, but for the average person, the eating you're doing is actually pretty, pretty similar. You're eating at the same time, same types of food, same amounts, um, which is why your weight's staying at the same thing. So we need to structure our reading. We need to kind of put some boundaries around our eating so we can start to become aware of our eating. And um, so the five two model, five days of clean eating. What's clean eating? Well, we want to get it as natural as possible, right? So we want to pull as much processed foods out as we can and make it natural, healthy, as good as we can make it. That's kind of the goal. Now, it's not a perfect thing. You know, that's where we're aiming at, but we also recognize it's reality. Um, so we start with breakfast. That's the meal I always suggest people start to optimize first. That's usually the easiest one to optimize um, because people don't really give a shit about breakfast as much as dinner, you know? So you make breakfast as healthy as possible. Then you have your lunch. Then you have your dinner. That's the ultimate ideal. But you may start with breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. 
Okay. And so we just want to get a handle on what do I typically eat? And once we start to understand what we, when we typically eat, what we're typically eating, then we can go to work on optimizing it, you know? And so I like to optimize first. Um, I want to get rid of the snacks, but we can't get rid of the snacks until we figure out the right things to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know? And so anyways, it starts to structure the eating so you can think about it more strategically. You can start to recognize if you start to structure your eating, you'll eat your breakfast and now you'll know, okay, I'm satisfied till lunch. And that's what we're looking for. But you may eat a breakfast and say, oh, I'm starving two hours later. Okay, well, that means we need to figure out breakfast better. You see what I mean? So the structuring it allows you to be more strategic with how you're going about this. Because a lot of people, what they're doing, the classic dieter move is, is I hear this all the time, right? They'll say, Jim, everything's going great. Breakfast and lunch is great. And then dinner and lunch, everything falls apart. And um, breakfast and lunch, I said, what are you eating? They're nothing. I said, what? You know what I mean? So that's a classic move where they just try and like cut the calories down as low as possible. That's not being strategic with your eating. You know, that's being stupid <laughs> because what happens is, is you, you cut the calories down and by the time afternoon comes, you're starving and now you can't control your eating and now you're eating all afternoon, all night. And so the answer is not to have more willpower in the afternoon. The answer is to structure your breakfast and lunch to make it more healthy so you feel more satisfied, making it easier to eat well. Hope that makes sense. But again, the that's what we go through in the program. I mean, the structure in the eating is a, is a whole philosophy. So I'm not going to go into too much of it now, but that's the basic idea that you want to start structuring um, how you're eating things. Um, we're bad at knowing how many calories are in what because often the easiest to get in cheaper foods equal higher calories. Yeah, absolutely, Robin. Yeah, it, it's we're it, it's just we're very bad. We we don't think in calories, folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we don't think in calories. Um, that that's a new concept. Uh, we we evolved in a food scarce environment where we just want to eat anyways and we want to store extra calories. So we're just very bad at estimating calories to begin with, and then with all the modern food processing and marketing, it makes it even harder, you know? So it, for most people, they do have to become literate, you know, in terms of calories, nutrition labels, um, of what they're putting in their body. And that's kind of like the first step that makes things easier. Um, Julian says, I feel discouraged cause I gained back the 15 pounds I lost through intermittent fasting. Um, see, that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, and I find this interesting. This goes right with, um, um, with the other person we were just talking about who did the keto, um, here, you know, I feel discouraged cause I gained back the 15 pounds I lost through intermittent fasting. So let me talk about this for a second. Cause we live in a world of cause and effect. Okay. And so in reality, you can't lose weight. There's no such thing as losing weight, you know, short of like maybe chopping a leg or an arm off. You, you can't lose weight. What you can do is you can make different food choices, live a different lifestyle, right? So there's cause and effect. Your weight is an effect. It's a reflection of how you're eating and how you're living, which is the cause. And so you can't lose weight. You can eat different and you can live different. And through some magical process and time, it turns into weight loss. And so a lot of times with weight, we've been conditioned to just focus on the outcome. We just, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. But there's no such thing as weight. Like you can't you can't lose weight. You can't make money. You can work. You can create value. You can sell things. You can eat different. You can live different. And it turns into weight loss. This distinction is crucial because when we focus on something we can't control, we start to feel disempowered. We feel powerless because you can't lose weight. You can eat different. You can live different. And so when I see Julian write this, what are they saying? 
I gained back the 15 pounds I lost through intermittent fasting. No, you didn't. You stopped intermittent fasting. Does that make sense? You see? Because when we, even when we articulate it that way, I gained the 15 pounds back, it makes us feel disempowered. We're not focused on the cause. We're not focused on the thing we can control. If you look in a mirror, you don't change the reflection by drawing on the mirror. You change the reflection by changing what's being reflected. And your weight is a reflection of what you're eating and living. Your weight is a reflection of the eating you were doing. You were eating one way when you were intermittent fasting, and then you changed how you were eating, and it turned into more weight gain. So it's not, it, you didn't gain the 15 pounds back. You stopped intermittent fasting. Now the question becomes, why'd you stop intermittent fasting? Maybe you don't like it. Maybe it doesn't work for you. You do not need to intermittent fast to lose weight, folks. It's just another fad approach. I'm not saying there's not benefits to it. I intermittent fast as part of my overall strategy, but I don't do it for 16 hours. I don't do it necessarily every single day, although almost every day. Um, so anyways, it's important to stay focused on what we can control and that's our behavior. So I would reframe that, Julian. And as soon as you reframe it, you may feel more less discouraged, right? Because there's nothing that makes us feel more discouraged than when we speak in a way that makes us feel powerless. Oh my God, I gained 15. I was doing so great. I was intermittent fasting and then I gained the 15 pounds back. Well, that makes us feel, that feels like, oh, wait, I don't know. I don't have, I gained the 15 pounds back. No, you didn't. You stopped intermittent fasting. You stopped eating the way you were eating. And that's always the biggest question. Can you, whatever you're doing to lose the weight, is that something you're gonna be able to keep up long-term? And for most people, the answer is an emphatic no. No, no, I don't want to fucking be ketogenic for the rest of my life. God damn no, <laughs> please. <laughs> that sounds like hell on earth. Well, then that may not be the strategy you want to rely on <laughs> to lose weight, right? You may want a strategy you want to live with forever, right? So I hope that helps. Um, I've never thought about it like that. That's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? I know it's fascinating. I, I love that thought and that concept. I find it really interesting because it's empowering, you know? It gives us control. And um, that's one of the biggest things I was able to really internalize at the beginning of my journey is I let go of the outcome. I knew I wanted to lose weight. I knew that. But I also knew that it was all about what I was eating. And this was really important in the beginning because now I was someone who grew up religious, so I, I, knew, I knew it was like to have faith. And I had faith. I said, if I stop eating at night, like if I'm able to master that habit and stop eating at night, I know for a fact that I'm going to lose weight. And so I was obsessed with the process, not the outcome. I knew if I mastered the process, I would master the outcome. And so all of my energy was focused on the process. And so my motivation, my validation, my verification of what was working or not was based on when I was going to sleep, did I eat tonight or not? I didn't. All right, good job, Jim. I did. Okay, let's figure it out. What can I do better next time? I'd wake up in the morning. Well, how did I do last night? I didn't eat. All right, good job. Then you're doing it right. I ate last night. Okay, let's figure it out tonight. Let's, let's get it so we don't do it. You know? And then the weight, so, so let me put it another way. There's in, um, in business, we talk about leading and lagging indicators. Your weight is a lagging indicator. Your behaviors are the leading indicator, okay? So if I stop eating at night, that's a leading indicator that's going to affect the lagging indicator of my weight. The leading indicator comes first. The not eating at night comes first. The weight loss over time comes later. And so I got fixated on the process. If I master the process, if I do things this way here, I know that the rest of the stuff's gonna happen. And so all my energy was at the process. Most dieters are focused on the outcome. 
And that's why their their motivation comes in. It's wild, right? For me, it wasn't because I knew I was in control. I'm either going to eat tonight or I'm not. If I go to bed knowing I didn't eat tonight, then I got an A. I succeeded. If I ate tonight, then I didn't. I got to figure it out. But that's where I was judging myself on, not the scale. I knew the scale would catch up eventually, whenever. Hope that helps. It's similar to a victim mentality. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, and why not? Because you feel powerless. The way we speak about weight loss is, I lost weight, I gained weight. No, you didn't. You ate more, you ate less. You exercised more, you exercised less. You lived healthier, you lived less healthy. That's what you did. And it showed up as weight gain, weight loss. You know. But when we talk about the weight loss, it's a level removed from our control. You can't lose weight. You know. Damn good point. Thank you, Julian. I appreciate you saying that. Now, again, Julian, if you think that's a good point, please, folks, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, but watch the training I give you. It takes a couple minutes. It's a custom session, so I, it takes a couple minutes to send it to you, like five, 10 minutes. And I bring you to a page where there's a training there. Watch that training. It's about a half hour. There, there's a lot of good points. There's a whole paradigm of how to approach this differently that I think, I think you'll like. Any thoughts on breaking bad habits, break all at once or break each habit one by one? Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of you find your worst eating habit and you go to work on that one. Um, I call it the worst and first strategy. You figure your worst eating habit and you go to work on that and your first eating of the day, you work on optimizing that because every day you're building a house with your nutrition and we start with the first meal of the day, whether that's breakfast or if you eat later in the day, whatever, it doesn't matter, but you make that the healthiest, most nourishing meal you can make it. And that becomes the foundation for your nutrition each day. And then whatever your worst eating habit is, usually it's eating at night, overeating at dinner, eating candy, whatever. Um, you focus, you, and you keep focusing on it, right? Because it's a habit. You need to understand it first, and then you need to try a couple different solutions and figure out what works best. But what you're looking for is an antidote. People never think of it that way. You just think you're going to be fighting against it forever. But if you, if you really look at it strategically, you're figuring out a way to resolve it, prevent it forever. So you never have to think about it again. I spent months working on the, the nighttime eating thing and then I figured it out. And so now I've got 30 years of not eating at night. It's just normally what I do. I just don't eat at night. I don't have to fight it every night. Again, like, like as a non-smoker, this is the difference. And if you're a non-smoker, it's not because you're fighting cigarette cravings all day. It's because you don't have any cravings and you don't have any cravings because of the way that you think about cigarettes. So when you change the way you think about that habit, when you change the strategies up, you resolve it. That's what we're looking for here. And a lot of people don't realize that's a option. You know what I mean? You just assume you're forever going to have to fight against yourself to lose weight. The diet company wants you to think that because it leads to your failure, which leads to their financial success. So yeah, one at a time, worst and first. Um, what kind of intermittent fasting do you practice? Eating window. Um, what I do... <clears throat> And I always mention this because I think this is an important piece of the puzzle is when I started intermittent fasting, I always found like an intermittent fasting hipster here, but I was doing it before I was intermittent fasting. I really was. 30 years ago, uh, the snacking at night was the biggest, the worst eating habit I had. And so I was like, okay, I want to, I want to figure this out. And so what happened is I, the window between when I went to bed, when I stopped eating, when I went to bed was like a half hour. And so I started making that bigger. Right. And, and so that. I used to, I would eat right up till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And um, I kept stretching that earlier. And so now I will typically stop eating six, seven o'clock at night. And I will start eating the next day, seven, eight o'clock. So I'm usually in the 12, 13, 14 hour window, somewhere in there. And I find that works best for me. But I never went into it calling intermittent fasting. I never went into it saying, oh, I do 16 hours. 
You know, people jump into things so quick, it overwhelms them. So I worked my way up to that. You know what I mean? And I never really called it intermittent fasting. Um, although it felt amazing. I got to say, I'm, I love intermittent fasting the way I know it. Cause it was amazing. I, I, in my life, I hadn't known if I slept so much better. I felt so much better. Digestion's a huge use of energy in your body. And so as soon as I gave my body a break from eating, I, I unleashed so much more energy. It felt so much better. You know, um, I slept better. Everything was a lot better. So I love intermittent fasting, but I'll, a lot of people approach intermittent fasting and they take it on as another challenge and it's overwhelming to them. And so it's a stressful thing. For me, intermittent fasting was, it felt very natural and normal because it was a, it was a result of, of a different focus, you know? And so the way we approach things has a huge impact on how we experience them and ultimately how we, um, you know, move forward with them. So you don't need to get 16 hours. You know, they always, every diet does this shit where they like make it sound like the only way to succeed is to do their plan absolutely perfectly the way they say to do it. And the idea like, well, if you, if you don't do 16 hours, 16 hours is where all the magic happens. 15 to 16 hours of magic. It's all bullshit. Every, every diet is just a strategy to reduce calorie consumption. That's it. You know? And so if you're struggling to get to 16 hours, 13 hours is great. For most people, that's going to make a big difference in, in how you feel and how you're, the calories you're consuming. So anyways, that, that's my thoughts on the on intermittent fasting. All right. And um, I think it's valuable. <laughs> All right, everyone, I got to get out of here. But uh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this today. And it was that was pretty funny today with uh, that person. And I've seen her before, too. So I don't know. She, she doesn't normally say dumb shit like that. So I don't know what got into them today. I don't know if they were a, a funny day or what. But uh, anyways, uh, it was funny. So, all right, everyone. Have a super day. Um, remember, go to my bio. Click the link. Get the hypnosis. What's up, ass? I thought you left. Uh, you're back. Um, <laughs> the catfish was revealed, right? Yeah. Talk about catfish, right? Double entendre. Catfish was the end. She was selling catfish. <laughs> So, um, yeah, go to my bio, get the hypnosis session, listen to that this weekend and watch the training, watch the training. And, um, if you're really serious, go to, go to program yourself, then get the program, right? We have coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, over zoom and, uh, listen to the podcast podcast is program yourself then. And if you listen to it, leave a review. I found that that helps me. <laughs> so that'd be great. You're back. Asper's back. All right, everyone. See you later. Have a super weekend and we'll talk soon. Bye.